Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. Hello, hello to all of you out there in the world, wherever you are, whatever you may be doing. Thanks for being here and thanks for listening. I'm your host, Shannon Labrie, and you're listening to Human Trafficking True Crime, presented by Last Word. We're the one and only podcast telling the truth about human trafficking. We aim to give victims and survivors the last word. If you like what you hear and you want to help support the show, you can do so through a few ways. First, you can donate to us at lastwordbysl.com. You can follow us um, on Instagram at humantraffickinglwpod, or you can shop our merch at lastwordbysl.com. And if you don't want to do any of that, you can rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you are streaming from now. It's free and it's easy. Just give us that five-star review so that we can reach others and help spread the word. Plus, help me, I'm poor, and this is a really costly (laughs) adventure, and we need this money to help continue to spread this awareness. So, as always, I have my co-host Megan, hello, who is hello. my official co-host, who's a science science major. If science science, was, yeah. If anyone was hey. wondering, don't don't knock my science, okay? It's not just science; it's science science. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad you're here, Megan, and I am excited to tell this story. Okay, I heard that it's a little. It's gonna be a rough one. It's, um, it's different. It's definitely going to be different than the other cases that we have covered. So far, the cases that we have covered have all been missing individuals um, that are either known for sure or were most likely trafficked. This case we are covering is pretty much a 180. So I will start by saying our case intro and then we will get into it all right let's do it 17 year old female is at home with her trafficker a man who is 34 years old and has been exploiting her for over two years she dismisses his advances this night and the struggle occurs she snaps and kills him setting him and her his house on fire after several days she is arrested and as it stands she is on trial for his murder Tonight, we give Crystal Kaiser the last word. So this story, like I said before, is vastly different than the other ones that we have done because the other cases, like I've stated, um, they're missing. This particular individual, Crystal, is alive 
and by all accounts, well, um, healthy wise, she is on, she is basically awaiting trial for the murder of her trafficker. And we will get into all the details, but I'm not going to go too much into her backstory because this is a really crazy case and we want to focus more on the events leading up to and then the events and then now where we are now with the case. So Crystal Kaiser was born to DeVore Taylor in July of 2000 and Crystal was Taylor's first child who was only 16 at the time when she had Crystal She would eventually go on to have three more children and was working and attending night school, trying to better her life for her and her kids. Um, And by junior high, Crystal had earned a spot at the Gary's Performing Arts Academy in Gary, Indiana, where the family was living. And she would begin to learn to play the violin. And she was actually learning to play Beethoven in Silent Night is what I read. So... By the end of 2015, Taylor and her children were living in Indiana and Taylor was in an abusive relationship with a man. And Crystal's been quoted of saying that she would oftentimes take her siblings and shelter them from this abuse and go hide out in their room and just basically await her mother to tell her to call the cops or not call the cops. Taylor would eventually take her kids and leave Indiana, escaping this man's abuse, and the family uh, fled to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. When they got to Milwaukee, the family would live at the Salvation Army shelter for several months before they were able to find an apartment of their own. It's around this time that Crystal's mother was working at Denny's trying to support the family, and Crystal started to rebel and act out. She started skipping school uh, and she started hanging out with a man named Delane Nelson, who was around three years older than her. And Nelson and Crystal would have a pretty volatile relationship. Uh, There's one incident where a witness stated that Nelson held Crystal in a headlock, striking her with a stick while dragging her through the parking lot. Nelson would later plead guilty to battery for this crime, but Crystal would end up staying with him. Mm. Now, Nelson is her boyfriend. So there's a couple key players in this. So let's just, you got to remember Nelson. That's her boyfriend. Okay. Now, during this time, Crystal's brother was also starting to act out and he was stealing cars to make money. Now the family is. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Family's living in poverty. They, you know. They're struggling. They're trying to make ends meet. Uh, so he starts selling and or stealing and selling cars. And, you know, whatever you do when you steal cars, I would imagine selling them for parts and such. In 2016, when Crystal was 16 years old, she would set up a back page account after a girl she knew showed her how to use it and how to set up the account and like what it was for. Uh, Crystal stated that she needed money for her school books and for snacks, and that's why she set up this Backpage account. I might need... what What is a Backpage? So I was just going to say, <laughs> Backpage was a website that people would use to sell things, essentially. It was mostly used for illegal sexual activity, but you could... People would 
kind of think like Craigslist. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it was more heavily populated with illegal, illicit sexual activity, prostitution, things like that. Drug mm-hmm. selling. Um, so Black she's, market backdoor. Correct. Exactly. So she sets this account up when she's 16. And this is where she would meet a man named Randall Philip Valor III who would go on, he went by Randy, uh, and they met in the fall of 2016. He was 33 at the time, 32, 33. Now, who's Randy Valor? Well, he was a graduate of high school in 2001. His parents divorced in 2009, and he described himself as a self-employed man But through court records, he appears to have made his money selling and trading cryptocurrency, moreover Bitcoin, uh, and other online financial trading. He had over $800,000 in assets, and he made almost $1.5 million in transfers between November of 2017 and May of 2018. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. He was 5'8", 200 pounds. He was living alone in a 300-square-foot house, a 300-square-foot one-bedroom house. You're making $1.5 million and you're living in a 300-square-foot house. Like, bro. <laughs> Not me. That I'll get a mansion. Yeah, I don't. Anyways, um, obviously, it's not a spoiler alert because... We know that Crystal murdered this man. So we found out from his autopsy that he was actually born. I just want to throw this out there with missing fingers and toes, which is probably why he was a freaking weirdo. And he had his right leg was a little bit shorter than his left. Just some random facts about him. Well, there's not much information about him because this case is so heavily focused around her. So that's pretty much all I found about him. But. Valor and Crystal develop a relationship and he would pay Crystal for sexual favors. He would buy her gifts. He bought her a phone. He would take her out to eat uh, and he would give her large amounts of cash on numerous occasions. And according to Crystal, he would begin to sell her through Backpage to other people, stating Valor would post the ads the he would then drive her to the hotels most most of the time it was in Milwaukee uh, where other men his age or older would spend time with her and force and then she was forced to give Valor all the money that she had earned and she even states that sometimes he would force her to meet more than one man in a day so he just basically turned himself into a pimp yeah Pretty much. He's, yeah. And I get, do we know if that's like the first time that he's ever done that? We will get into a lot of that. (laughs) Crystal would continue this relationship with Valor for over a year. Well, almost two years, actually. It was over two years. And Valor would supply Crystal with drugs and alcohol. And Crystal has stated in interviews that Valor was her only friend that she had. Which, if you're new to the human trafficking world, or maybe you're not and you just don't know this, but that's typically called trauma bonding, 
where victims will bond with their abusers and develop this unhealthy relationship and they continue to go back to their abusers either out of fear or because it's a means of stability. And in this case, it looks like she looked at him as a friend and it was a means of stability because he was giving her money, money, gifts, providing food and shelter if she needed it. So... Weeks after her 17th birthday in 2017, Crystal was arrested for driving a stolen car her brother had given her, and she sat in jail for 55 days before Valor would end up paying her bond, and that bond came with a price. Of course. Valor made it very clear to Crystal that she was, since she was free, she was to pay him back through sexual favors. It was around this same time that Crystal moved in with her boyfriend Nelson and was trying to cut Valor out of her life, according to this Washington Post article I read. But... Valor would express a violent nature towards her anytime she stated that she was trying to stop talking to him and seeing him, he would state that he would kill her. So when asked why she never contacted police, she is quoted as saying, well, they never helped my mother. So she never went to the police about this. And now that's kind of the, leading up to right we're not quite at but we're leading up to so all around the same time valor is also victimizing other girls and in december of 2017 a 15 year old girl who has remained unnamed uh she would run away from home and i actually take that back she was actually 14 when she ran away from home And she moves in with Valor, who paid her for sexual favors. He even took her to meet his mother. He would take her out to dinner. And on the night of February 12th, 2018, this girl would call the police and tell dispatchers that she was given drugs by a man who was trying to kill her. When the police arrived, they found this girl wandering the streets wearing only a bra Mm -hmm. and an unzipped jacket. And mind you, this is February in the middle of the night in Wisconsin. Freezing cold. Police noted that the young girl was acting like she was under the influence. uh, And she would tell officers that Valor gave her marijuana, alcohol, and LSD. She stated that Valor told her he was going to grab a gun, and so she ran outside and away from him. And she would also go on to state that Valor had an eye for younger girls, which she thought was weird. Mm. And he met, she would tell police that that he met girls on Backpage and a site called Tagged, which I did not know what that was before doing my research for this um, case, which is the same as Backpage. It's the exact same dark web underground 
exploitation sites. She also told police that Valor had videos in his home of him having sex with other children. Now, during this incident, police learned that this young girl had a warrant out for her arrest in Milwaukee, and so they arrested her that night. Oh, of course. Yeah, because that just makes a lot of sense. Right. Okay. He does not get arrested that night, but she does, which is insane to me. Now, I am going to go and give everyone a complete full disclaimer right now that I am... Some of the things that we're going to be talking about are a little graphic in detail. Um, I have withheld a lot of the information that I found on this case just because it is absolutely horrific what is out there and what he has done and what investigators discovered. Um, But I am going to talk about a few things. So just full disclaimer, if there's children listening, you might want to pause it, let them know, whatever. So by February 21st, 2018, Detective May was assigned to investigate Valor's case as there were allegations of child sexual abuse, and they quote it as saying child pornography. Now, before I continue, I just want to say I absolutely hate that term because a child cannot consent to pornographic anything. They're a child. It's not pornography. It is child exploitation and They continue to use the term child pornography throughout, but I will not. I prefer to say child exploitation because a child cannot consent to pornography in any way. I've actually never thought about that. That, That's a very valid point. It's a big thing in the human trafficking world of getting investigators and police and attorneys and district, like anyone to stop using the term child pornography because it is disgusting to say that um but a child can't consent to being in pornographic videos images it's child exploitation you are exploiting a child it is not pornography like end of story in my opinion point blank period but so on february 21st 2018 detective may starts investigating these allegations of sexual abuse and child uh, exploitation through video and photographs um through this investigation he discovers that the girl from the incident just previously was 14 when she met valor and he paid her 250 dollars that night for sex she would this victim survivor this survivor would go on to describe several other occasions when she was paid to have sex with valor This survivor states that Valor talked to her about her young age and that he knew she was 14 at the time. And when she she told investigators she told him to find girls his own age, he stated that he liked to have sex with younger girls because their female genitals were nice and tight and that older girls were worn out and too loose. She also said that every time that they had sex, he filmed it and he would show her these videos along with videos of him having sex with other underage girls. She also would tell Detective May that Valor was in a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl, which is assumed to be Crystal Kaiser. On February 22nd, the next day, 
Seven officers drove to Valor's residence with a search warrant. And during this search, Valor was very vocal and extremely concerned about his massive amounts of Bitcoin and his passwords for these accounts. Okay, bro. Like, think you got bigger things to worry about. <clears throat> but maybe not. I don't know, because this case is a joke. So Valor was arrested that day on child enticement, using a computer to facilitate a child sex crime and second degree sexual assault of a child, which in the state of Wisconsin is a felony punishable by up to 40 years. But on that exact same day that police arrest Fowler, they release him. And records indicate he paid nothing for his bail. And he was told he would be summoned to court, but that summons never came. He just walked out. Yeah. They found... No way. During... Listen to this. During the search, they found dozens of hard drives, thumb drives, SD cards, and DVDs containing videos and photos of child exploitation. Valor would make his own home videos of these crimes. Like, that's what they found. Like, these were home videos that he found. They also would find women's pajamas, bikini bottoms, and underwear. To further the matter... Investigators would discover that 16 of these pornographic videos were already identified in NCMEC, which is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's database. They were identified and confirmed as child exploitation videos. I, I'm just, I'm at a complete loss right now. It gets better. Six of those videos had identified victims. So six of the videos, they knew who the victims were. And they also found needles and drugs. Police also stated their case to charge him with five felony sex crimes. So in some of these videos, he would state he was an escort trainer and he would instruct girls on what they could do to keep their body parts in working order to be a better prostitute. How the hell this dude got out of jail without even paying bond is an absolute joke to me. Yes, it is. They there found- has to be something else that happened. There has to be. They cannot just let him walk away like that. What I read that they found on some of these videos and I'm not going to go into massive detail about it, but in these videos, they found him engaged in sexual activity with girls as young as 12. Instructing them on what to do, what to say, positions, everything. I had to stop reading it because I, one, was completely shocked that I was even able to find this This court record but also the detail in it i'm like i was completely flabbergasted that he was arrested after they found all of this and they let him go i i'm what that that right there is what is wrong with our our judicial system it's an absolute joke he had 
evidence in hand of him engaged in illegal sexual activity with minor. He should not have even been given bail. Yeah, even and if those- there was a technicality, there's no excuse because it's this doesn't make any sense at all. You don't let someone like that walk away. Right. So he shouldn't have even been out of jail for the incident with Crystal to even take place because this all takes place a few months after he got arrested. I'm not, I it really just it I'm sorry, but it really it pisses me off to no end because you are essentially victimizing the victim again by allowing this sick mother effer to walk out of jail without even paying bond. Yeah. How I, is that even possible? I, uh, I, it's mind blowing, honestly. Yeah. And with what I read, which is probably a, you know, not like the entire details of everything, but what I read was pretty graphic and pretty detailed oriented. I'm, I just, I honestly have nothing to say. I have no words about that. That's public knowledge. Like that's just, uh, there's a lot wrong there. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know it, it, if this entire case is insane to me, but that piece of it, if you guys would have done your job, she would have never been able to, we'll get into all of that. I'm just, it, I get so fired up and it really, really pisses me off that our judicial system allowed this sick mother effer who touches children, exploits children, rapes children. He is raping children and you let him go. Just In what away. world is that okay? You're free to go, sir. Right. So I'm going to go off on my rant now. Back to the story. But Valor would spend $20,000 to hire hire a criminal defense attorney. But three months passed before the police sent the case to the district attorney's office, which I understand they have to do their investigation. But three months, three months is a long time. Three months while he's still walking. Continuing (laughs) to victimize and exploit other minors. But, you know. Keep trading your Bitcoin, bro. Like, Jesus. So the file that was, the file showed what was found in Valor's home uh, consisted of over 200 child exploitation videos featuring girls who appeared to be as young as 12. And there were over... 20 of his quote-unquote home videos now I should also state that Valor is a white man and through the investigation I think it's almost every single one of his victims were African-American just throwing that out there Hmm. uh I've said it before but a lot of these pedophiles they have a type and he clearly had a type and his type was young African-American girls. So by May of 2018, a few months after this incident, Crystal's boyfriend kind of became aware that something wasn't right. And he thought she was being followed. So he gives Crystal a 380 pistol and teaches her how to shoot and instructs her to keep it with her at all times. 
Now, Crystal's story starts on June 4th, 2018. So just what, four months after Valor was, his house was searched and he was like fake, go. fake arrested, <laughs> arrested and let go. Fake, fake arrest. Right. I don't even know what to call it, but on June 4th, 2018, Crystal had to appear in court for the stolen car that she was arrested for previously. Oh, right. 55 days in jail, right? Yeah. And okay. Balor paid yeah. the bond. So yeah. she had to appear in court for this, uh, arrest and charges and her boyfriend Nelson accompanied her to this court date now after the court hearing the two began to fight and Crystal began to fear that Nelson was going to hit her again so she calls her friend Valor to see if she can come over Valor would pay for an Uber to pick up Crystal at around 8 42 p.m on the night of June 4th and this Uber takes her to his house. She would have this pistol with her at this time and Valor orders pizza and the two begin to drink. Uh, Valor gives Crystal some weed and some other drugs during this time and they begin to watch movie. Now, according to Crystal's interview in the Washington Post, it was at this time that Valor started to touch her leg and she told him she didn't want to do that anymore, that she was trying to change. She would also state that she got up to get away from him, but that she tripped and fell. And I would imagine so she's under the influence. Mm -hmm. But at this point, Valor gets on top of her and they begin to struggle. This escalates quickly and Crystal would end up shooting Valor twice in the head during this altercation. Afterwards, she then sets him and the house on fire. Uh, yeah. Just after 5 a.m. on June 5th, a 911 phone call comes in from Valor's neighbor alerting them to the house fire. Once the fire is out and the body is discovered of Valor, police obviously begin to investigate. Now, during the initial 911 call, the dispatch told the officers that this was the same address that they had gone to several months prior for another domestic assault or another incident. I'm not exactly sure what the term is that they used, but the dispatcher alerts them that this is a known house that we've already been called to a few months ago. Now, the police would discover that there's alcohol bottles on the floor. There's this pizza box in the fridge. There's multiple hotel room keys. Um, and that his BMW is missing. Hmm. Police would learn through the credit card records that there was an Uber from Milwaukee to his house and they get in touch with the Uber driver who tells police that he had given a ride to a short black girl named Crystal. Now, do you have any questions so far? Are you... No, I'm, need to I'm recap following anything. pretty well. I'm just 
Wow. I'm just waiting to see where this goes. <laughs> Honestly, it's just a lot. It's wow. It's insane. Yeah. So Valor's BMW would end up being found abandoned in Milwaukee and Upon finding the car, they do a search. They find a receipt inside of the car for the family dollar. And they go and they find security footage that revealed four teens had been driving the car. Or there were four teens that had been in the car. And one of those teens was Crystal's brother. So police would find Crystal's Facebook page in the midst of all of this, and they discover that she had posted a selfie at 3.10 a.m. on the night of the fire with the captions, my mug shot. (laughs) Oh, my. I I know. I I mean, I feel for her, but, wow, she really uh, didn't help herself in that situation. She did not. And, yeah, I know. I know this case is a hard one because of things like this and a few other things that come up. Cause you are like, okay, well, yeah, she killed her, whatever, like kudos. You, but then you throw in this other stuff and it unfortunately leads to a stronger case for the prosecution, mm. which is unfortunate, but she's also 17 and under the influence it's 310 she's clearly under the influence at this point you know uh, there's just so many things but this photo the police through from this photo the police realized that the curtains in the back were the same curtains that were inside valor's home so they were able to basically place her in his home the night of the fire um and then obviously through the autopsy they found that he was shot twice and you know, so three days later on June 8th, Crystal would then do a live stream on Facebook talking about how she had given her brother a BMW and was showing off the gun. The following morning, police would drive a battering ram into Nelson's front door and place Crystal under arrest for the murder of Valor. Oh, Facebook is such a place. <laughs> I, uh, wow. Listen, guys, I'm not advocating anyone to commit any crimes, but if you're going to, maybe, maybe just don't tweet about it. Maybe just don't put it out just on the socials. Cancel all your social media before you commit a crime. Okay? Right. Just- Do your due diligence. Anyways, Crystal is being charged with first-degree intentional homicide, arson, operating a vehicle without an owner's consent, being a felon in the possession of a firearm, and bail jumping. Her bail was originally set at $1 million. $1 million. million. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now... The prosecuting attorneys are arguing that the murder of Valor is premeditated. No. (laughs) Because of text messages and Facebook messages and the Instagram or the Facebook post that Crystal made. Um, Now, apparently on the night of the crime, Crystal texted her boyfriend Nelson 
about all the things. So uh, one of them was Crystal was asking where the key to the car was and how to start it. Um, at 1042, she texted to her boyfriend, when you want me to do it, bae, which is when do you want me to do it, babe? For my older listeners, I had to <laughs> this. I'm going to read it bae as she before anyone else. Just just so we're all aware. Oh, yeah. is that what that's? Yeah. <laughs> bae. <laughs> I thought it was babe. <laughs> OK, I stand corrected. She says, when do you want me to do it, bae? Which means before anyone else. Whatever. I'm going to read these texts as she sent them. So hopefully you can figure out the gist. At 11.09, she sends a text that says none but finna do it RN doe, which she's saying I'm fixing to do it right now, though. But even though she's, I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to continue to read this. So 10.42, what do you want me to do, bae? 11.09, none, but I'm finna do it right now. 11.13, I'm finna do it. 12.03 a.m., just ordered some pizza on my weight, just got a splatter. It's just gonna splatter everywhere. I looked it up on Google. It's a pillow. I'm gonna wait until he's asleep. So because of these text messages, which I know they're kind of hard to decipher but basically she's texting him basically what's going on that she's fixing to do it that they just ordered pizza that there's going to be splatter everywhere that she had looked it up on google and that she should use a pillow she's going to wait till he's asleep now this is what the defense or excuse me the prosecution is arguing is premeditated plus the mug shot quote unquote mugshot photo that she did and the live stream selfie. Are they not even gonna take video. into account that she's like under the influence? That and she's a seventeen year old who's distressed and has been sexually exploited by a man seventeen years older than her for right. the past two years. And her boyfriend isn't much better. Right. <laughs> like she doesn't have many options. No. I just I don't you would go a little crazy. I think I think so. I would go a little off off the rocker for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like I am not advocating to murder anyone, but and I've never been in a situation where I, you know, was 17 and being sexually exploited for the past 2 years by a man well over the age of, you know, 17 yeah. years old. He's 34 at this point. Like I can justify why I can see why someone would snap in that situation. We have seen too, yeah. cases where fathers have murdered men that have trafficked their own kids. You know what I mean? Like there are cases out there where a father has murdered the man that trafficked his daughter. Like, you snap. These are your, you know what I mean? Like, and you're in this situation where you're being trafficked and exploited I don't know. Like, I can understand why she snapped. I can completely. too. Definitely. It's just uh, the social media aspect is just really frustrating because, I mean, it's going to be very hard to defend 
against that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So the defense is arguing that they're arguing the affirmative defense law, which is a law that's been passed by 35 states, at least 35. Now, this law allows victims to try and prove in court that their crime occurred because of the abuse they experienced. Most of those laws, though, only apply to prostitution charges. Some can be used for other crimes, like traffickers often are forced through their victims, right? Um, so they they can use this law for other crimes, like truancy, theft, drug possession. But in a few states including Wisconsin, the affirmative defense law is written to be very broad and it does not specify which crime the defense like can be used for. Meaning it's very, the law is written very broadly and there's nothing in there that states it can be used for trafficking. Now, a victim of violation of trafficking and using the affirmative defense law for any offense committed as a direct result of the violation of trafficking without regard to whether anyone was prosecuted or convicted of the violation of trafficking. So it, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all of the particulars about this. But this is what they are arguing at this time for her case, that she should be able to use the affirmative defense law because she was do she did a crime based on the abuse that she experienced. Now, this law was enacted in 2008 and it's been used by lawyers seeking plea deals for clients that are charged with prostitution. But nobody in Crystal's case, both defense and prosecution, can find an incident, an instance where this law was used as a defense in court for what she's going to trial for. So basically what that means is because there isn't another case to reference and there's no real definitive clear cut law it's very it's a very broad law the judge in this case decided that she couldn't use this and went against it and that it couldn't be used the defer, the affirmative defense law couldn't be applied to this case or any other trafficking case moving forward. <laughs> right. What? Or any, I'm sorry, and includes any other violent crimes, meaning she's shit out of luck, essentially. Like, she can't use this crime, this he, law that was enacted to protect people just like this. She is a minor being exploited and... Mm -hmm. 
granted, I understand she shot him twice, set his house on fire. She's taken selfies and videos. I'm not condoning all of that, but she's 17, highly under the influence the night this happened, and she's done. She had a court case that day. Like, you know what I mean? Her and her boyfriend get in this argument. Like, she's done. And she snaps. And she's not putting up with this anymore. And now the judge is saying that she can't use it. Well, this so that was in December of 2019. The Kenosha City Circuit Judge David Wilk ruled that Kaiser could not use the trafficking defense in her case, arguing it would be absurd to insert interpret the law that way a ruling that crystal's attorney would end up appealing in uh yeah appeals court so I during mean, that guy's just trying to the judge is just he set a president precedence and now it's just it's not gonna end well for anybody no and it's to me i'm like you what like why would you say that? Why are you have a law that is in place for reasons like this and you are not allowing this child, this minor a second chance at something. Right. Right. So that was in December of 2019. Now, during all of this, an online petition was started that gained over 1.4 million signatures and support from all different types of advocates and celebrities, a lot of them being behind the Me Too movement. So because of this online petition and these celebrities behind the Me Too movement, Crystal was, well, her bond ended up getting dropped from a million to 400,000. And she was released on bond in June of 2020 after the Chicago Community Bond Fund, the Milwaukee Freedom Fund, the Survived and Punished, and the Crystal Kaiser Defense Committee were able to raise the 400000 to get her released. Well, that's good. I mean, at least she was able to be released. Right. So she's still awaiting trial. Um, at that point, well, even today, she's still awaiting trial, but she is now at home able to be out of jail, which is, it's the small victories along the way, right? So in June of 2021, the second district court of appeals reversed judge David Wilkes decision. Good. But then. No, (laughs) no, but (laughs) no. But then the the defense brought the case to the state Supreme Court, seeking again to ban Kaiser from using the trafficking defense, affirmative defense law. So as of today's recording, this case is still set to go and be decided between before the Supreme Court on whether or not she can use this affirmative defense law. Um. And I think we need to state that people need to realize that this is a huge, huge precedent in criminalizing or prosecuting victims and survivors of human trafficking. Because if she is able, 
if the Supreme Court rules in her favor and she can use this law, this will set a major precedent for cases going forward. As I stated earlier, there is no other case at all right now that has used this law for what she is being charged for. So if she can get this overturned and the Supreme Court rules in her favor and she continues, that alone would be a major victory. But then mm -hmm. moving forward to the court and she ultimately wins, which I personally am in favor for, that would set a major precedent for cases moving forward of people that have been trafficked and are being charged with murder or other criminal activities against their trafficker. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. This is an ongoing case right now. And like I said, it has not been decided. This crime happened in 2000. What I say, 18 is when this crime happened. And we are still waiting to go to trial and write, well, we haven't even gone to trial for the case right now. We're waiting for the Supreme court to decide whether or not her defense can use this affirmative law, affirmative defense law in her, in her behalf. And I've been in this space and the, this realm of human trafficking for several years now. And this, this is major. This is a big, big case because like I said, it's going to set and pave the way for cases going forward that are in same similar situations. Right. Any thoughts? Uh, it's just going to be a really big decision and it'll help it'll either help or hurt survivors that are still trying to get out of the situations that they've been put in. Right. I'm not it, saying everybody like keeps up with all of that stuff, you know, but maybe in the back of their head, they'll be like, okay, well maybe I'm going to do something today and right. I'll get out of this Two, I mean, I understand. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know all of the ins and outs of it. I, you know, if I could go back in life, I probably would have been a lawyer because I really like arguing with people, but I, and I may be speaking out of term here, but I just, it's so frustrating to me that the defense is like, or the, excuse me, the prosecution, the people charging her, the Kenosha prosecution is like, oh, well, we just let him go because, you know, from when Valor was arrested and he had all this child pornography, like he was already under investigation. That's so, I don't understand crap. it. I don't get it. I don't get it. There had to have been something that they screwed up on, like reading Miranda rights or something and had to let him go. That there had or, to have been something. Yeah. Had to yeah. Either what you're saying or somebody in this department is in bed with him and purchased illegal. That's what I'm thinking. That's like, I'm not a huge, like, a, yeah, I don't want to go down the conspiracy theories. Like, but that's what this would be what I'm saying right now. But to me, it's like, you let him go. Okay. Well, why did you let him go? You had hard proof. You had evidence. You had over 16 videos that were already identified in NCMEC as being child exploitation videos. He was in possession of criminal activity yeah and as far as i and know that doesn't make you 
just walk away. I don't, I've never heard of that. I don't right. think. So like, why would you let him go? And when I hear that, I think, okay, was he, did he pay someone off? Cause we know he had a shit ton of money. Did he pay someone off? We know that he was exploiting these girls to other, well, we know for sure he was exploiting Crystal to other girls or, ex, oh my gosh. We know he was exploiting Crystal to other men. Were any of these men police officers, judges, district attorneys? Uh, they're not exempt. There are cases everywhere all over the United States, and I guarantee in other countries as well, where people in power are involved in disgusting stuff, which is why this stuff gets swept under the rug. There's cases out of Oklahoma from the 80s where sheriff's departments, the judges, they were all involved in illegal sexual exploitation of minors. And every time a minor came forward, they were deemed to be incredible because they were drug addicts, prostitutes. So it's not, this isn't new. Mm -hmm. It isn't new to think that someone in a position of power, that is how they get away with it. They're in a position of power and they are able to twist and turn the facts to make the victim and the survivor look like the criminal because I'm a pastor at my church. I sit on the city council. I'm a mayor, I'm a judge, I'm an elected official. How dare you say this about me? Mm -hmm. When in all actuality, they're victimizing these people and they're sickos and they should be equally, if not more, held to a higher standard and should be punished to the extent of the law. And that's what I think about when I hear this case. Why was he able to walk out of jail the same day he got okay fine i'll give it to you got, let him go but you're telling me three four five six seven three months after he you went looked at three months after you went into and his you house weren't tailing him you weren't tracking right. him you weren't doing right. anything like, three months after you go into his house you haven't found enough evidence to arrest him bull crap i'm calling donkey crap on that the only thing that i just thought of not condoning it, but maybe this guy walked in there, right? And he was like, hey, I know somebody that's even worse than me. Right. Maybe he Let blackmailed. Let me go and I will help you find them. Which is, which maybe. could have happened. Right. There's so many scenarios. Maybe he blackmailed someone. I feel like he had enough that it would have been like, <clears throat> no, there's no other bigger person we need to get. Thank you. Let's just take you and fully prosecute you. Right. That's it. I also like on a side note tangent, like there are cases I have listened to where government officials were in charge of pages like Backpage. I'm, I'm talking about in the U.S. too. Um, they were, in this particular case, on a podcast I listened to called uh, Hunting Warhead, I think is what it's called. They discover that the government is in charge of this website that is being used to exploit minors. And when they're confronted about it, they say that they're trying to catch the bigger dog, if you will. But at what point is that okay? Because yeah, you're trying. Where's the bigger dog? 
Where is it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're trying to catch the big dog, but while you're like doing that and you're allowing this to continue, you are essentially, it's not, no, you are, you are yeah, allowing. You're aiding and abetting. You are aiding and abetting. Good. Yes. Amen, <laughs> sister. <Yeah. laughs> Clap to that. You are allowing additional people to be exploited so that you can quote unquote, catch the bigger dog. Who's no, the dog? your job is to stop this. Like if you can yeah. shut the site down, shut the site down, shut it down and save another victim. And at what, at what cost is that? Okay. To allow another victim to be victimized because you want to catch somebody else or the, you're never going to catch it. It's always going to be, you shut it down, two more sites pop up, mm-hmm. but you shut it down. You stop it. You remove the images. You take the videos offline and stop the sale of exploiting them. And you trap all the people that have been purchasing the crimes. I approve this message. I am running Amen. for president. <laughs> It's just so frustrating to me and it really like it riles me up. I get so frustrated about how people can allow this shit to happen. And I'm sorry I'm cussing. I'm trying to be better on it. I know everyone doesn't want me to like drop a bunch of F-bombs on this. But these are the situations that like. This is a situation where it's warranted. Okay. It's warranted here. It just is so frustrating. It to is me. frustrating. This so whole frustrating. story that we just laid out, it was super frustrating. I'm so relieved that, you know, it was kind of a good ending because she didn't end up anywhere where she was disappeared. Right. But she's still alive. Now, she's still out there, but now she's, she's fighting, battling law and now it's all in the Supreme Court. I I couldn't imagine at her age. I guess we're almost the same age. But you are, I think yeah. going through all of that at a very pivotal moment in your life where you're trying to figure out what you want your adult life to look like. Right. And who you are and now you end up killing this man that's exploiting you and you know what? I personally, my personal thoughts on this, do I think it went a little overboard with the social media? Yeah, but she's also 10 years, what, 10 years younger than me, 12, 13 years younger than me. We all regret sometimes. We all do things out there. But her selfie that's quote unquote her mugshot that she posted that night at three in the morning, dude, she's clearly under the influence. Like, he drugged her up. Like I am not condoning the murder per se, but at the same time, I cannot sit here and tell you what I would do if I was in that situation at all. I can't either. I can't. It, yeah. So like I said, as of two days recording, this case is waiting a decision on the Supreme court. And I would encourage all of my listeners, no matter where you are, I don't care. Call the Wisconsin state legislators at the state capitol's office. The number is 1-800-362-9472. Again, that number is 1-800-362-9472. And especially if you live in Wisconsin, call them. Call your state representative. Call them and voice your concerns that this law should be, it's enacted for a reason and she should be allowed to utilize it because this law is going to set a major precedence and set the 
pave the way forward for other cases, not just in Wisconsin. Because if she can get this in her favor, this will make a major change for laws and cases all over the United States. So call them. And also, if you live in Wisconsin, take note of who these public elected public officials are. The circuit County Circuit Judge Dave Wilkes, who overturned the case to begin with, the district attorney that is in charge of this case that is trying to charge her, the people that didn't do their due diligence and their their job when it came to prosecuting valor in the first place. You need to call your state representatives. You need to voice your concern because this is how things change. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds ridiculous. And you're like, I'm not going to call them. But if you call them and you make it heard that you are a taxpaying citizen of the United States of America and you live in Wisconsin and you do not support this, it will make a difference. Mm -hmm. It will stop victimizing the survivors that have already been victimized of human trafficking. It's literally victimizing them all over again. You're punishing survivors of human trafficking for surviving. Right. So call them, call your state. I don't even care if you don't live in Wisconsin. I encourage you even more if you live in Wisconsin, because it'll make a bigger impact. But if you don't call your state representative anyways, make it known, have your voice heard. That's the only way this stuff changes is when you speak out and speak up about this atrocity and this crap that's happening. And if you want, go online, sign the petition. If you can donate toward her cause, she does have a public defender which is always scary, but it seems like her public defender is hardcore and going to bat. So I will give kudos to that. But public mm-hmm. defenders are oftentimes overworked. They have massive loud load of cases. So do what you can to support. And I mean, that's really all I have to say on this. And we obviously will have to do a follow up on this case. Um, right. I'm extremely passionate about this case. Um, there are, you know, what was what did I say earlier? It was 2018, 2019. Uh, Centoya Brown. I'm probably saying her name wrong, but she was released after murdering her trafficker when she was 16. So there are cases out there where these people have done this before, but using this affirmative action or this affirmative law is a new. This is new territory in this realm. So uh, this affirmative defense law. Excuse me. Um not affirmative action, something (laughs) totally different. But like I said, if you can make a difference, it's calling your state representative, especially if you live in Wisconsin, show your support, sign the petition. If you can donate, donate. Um, But we will be back with a follow-up when this case finally, I don't know if we'll do a follow-up when the Supreme Court makes the decision or when the case is final, but we have to wait for the Supreme Court to decide whether or not her defense team can use this um, affirmative defense law in her case. So we aren't even anywhere near. This is one more hurdle that they're trying to overcome. So eventually when the time comes, we will do an update on it. But Megan, do you have anything to add? Anything to say? I don't think so. No, just thanks for taking me on these journeys. They really give me just a lot of things to think about that I don't ever normally think about in a day. So yeah, I'm o- it's opening my eyes a lot. Yeah. 
Well, once again, the Wisconsin State Legislator and the State Capitol's office is 1-800-362-9472. And the County Circuit Judge, Dave Wilkes, is the one who originally ruled against the... uh, Why are you laughing? The affirmative defense law. Dave Wilkes. Wilk. 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 W-I-L-K. He sounds like a judge. He sounds like a chode, but... Whatever. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna say that. Well, I will. (laughs) Before we go, we're gonna be doing our weekly spotlight. First, we have Diamond Bynum. She has been missing since July twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, from Gary, Indiana. She is an African American female, sitting at four feet eight inches tall. She is two hundred and thirty eight pounds. She has black hair and brown eyes. Diamond went missing along with her two year old nephew, King Walker. Anyone with information is asked to call the Gary Police Department at 219-881-1214. Next, we have Patrick Alford. He has been missing since January 22nd, 2020, from Brooklyn, New York. Anyone with information is asked to call the New York City Police Department at 1-800-577-577. 8477 or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And last we have Destiny Kisto. She has been missing since December 9th, 2021 from Albuquerque, New Mexico. She's 16. She is a female Native American with brown hair and brown eyes, 5'3 and 180 pounds. She may have traveled to Chicago. She wears glasses and her ears are pierced. Anyone with information is asked to call 1-800-THE-LOST or the Albuquerque, New Mexico Police Department at 505-242-2677. As always, thanks for listening and thank you for supporting Last Word in Human Trafficking True Crime. I promise I will continue to be loud about the crimes of exploitation, bold in my actions against it, and out there in my awareness through fashion. My hope is you as well will be loud in your convictions, bold in your statements, and out there making a change. Stay vigilant, be aware, and remember, what the world needs now is love, not hate.